Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron, and I'm here with my co-host, Nathan. We are a couple of licensed therapists here in Oregon trying to bridge the gap for you, our listeners, um, whether you're a therapist or you're a client going to therapy. We want to we kind of pull that mysterious curtain back and expose some of the things that are going on and why they're happening and how to help you maximize your time in therapy. And so today, if you're listening, whether you are a person that's going to therapy or you're a therapist yourself or you're just curious about this, we're going to talk about the dreaded homework question. So the story is you're going to therapy and you go in and, you know, maybe you're talking about something at the end of the session. Your therapist says, okay, let's talk homework. Here's what I want you to do this week. And you're like, in your head, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But how do you say that? Because you want to be a good patient, you know, (laughs) I want to impress you. I want to follow all of the steps that I need to take in order to get better, except this one. (laughs) So we're going to kind of unmask that a bit. Like, why do, why is there even homework? Because aren't we adults? And is this not school. I'm pretty sure I graduated school, elementary school, (laughs) so that I don't have to have homework anymore. Um, We want to kind of talk about that stuff, maybe why, why people do that, how it's beneficial and how you can actually utilize it, whether it's in a conversation or you want to actually use the homework to maximize your growth and your progress in therapy. So Without further ado, Nathan, your homework for today is to participate. (laughs) I don't want to. So, okay. So one thing I thought about this, I thought, you know, Aaron, we probably need to actually tell them from a therapist perspective, what even is homework? Like, what are we thinking about when we're like, because honestly, we probably shouldn't even use the word homework because people are like, can get freaked out. Anyway, what do, what do you think of? Yeah, I think we should probably not title this episode homework because people will just skip over it and be like, <laughs> no, thank you, not interested. <laughs> That's a good point. I think to answer a little bit of my own thought there, homework and therapy is really anything that you're doing that we tell you to do outside of it. You know, like, so I think there's some stuff that's more direct like, meaning my direct, I just mean, like, formal, maybe, I think is what I'm thinking. Like, like you need to get more sleep, bro. You look tired. <laughs> no, well, I mean, like, something more that's written down, like journaling or something. Like a worksheet or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think um, in terms of a lot of folks, I think, are maybe doing some of the stuff natural, right? Because they work in, they're working about whatever they're, whatever they're working on, anxiety or whatever. And um, therapists at the end of the session is like, a, like something like, okay... Every time that you have this thought, try to X, Y, Z. And I, and I think a lot of that people will do. The, the, the times when I find the most resistance from a client is when it is more formal, like some kind of paperwork-related thing or talk to this person, like something specific that they have to do. 
Yeah, I don't know, but does that happen to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, there's definitely something about journaling that people have an aversion to. <laughs> we should come up with a new name. That sounds really cool. I'm like, oh, wow, I want to try that. Can you narratize? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love it. <laughs> that sounds exciting. <laughs> it's really just journaling. <laughs> um, but yeah, there. I think there are some things that people just have an aversion to. I'm not really sure why. Maybe because it's like, I'm investing so much time and energy into this hour, this process of going to therapy. And so like when I'm done with it, I, I kind of just want to be done with it. And if something needs to sort of mull around in my head, then it can. But can that just sort of happen on the side while I'm doing the dishes or vegging out watching TV or whatever? And I think it's kind of like, wait, you're telling me I need more investment than one hour a week? And it's like, yes. Actually, I mean, <laughs> if you want to grow and change or develop a skill, yes, you're going to have to do more than just an hour a week. I think maybe that is the initial resistance that we get. You know, um, as you're saying that, though, one of the things that I think about is people get to, there's kind of two things going on. One, people come in because they need help. You know, they decide, like, they need help. And they might think because of, you know, you have you're like you're a regular human you have things that you've had happen and then you kind of think through them you start doing things different and then you get change the reason why you go to counseling typically is because that's not working so you're going to go talk to somebody else but there is an assumption i think that lays in there that like oh i'm going to talk to somebody else and i'm going to figure this out quickly and then there's going to be difference and so i just need to keep showing up and then i'll feel better um, over this course of time because of the hour that I'm spending at that point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, let me give an example of that. Um, I, I try to use this as much as I can with people to to really highlight this and make it really clear for them. So let's say that that's exactly what happens. Somebody comes in and they talk through something and they say, uh, I'm struggling with this. And then the next week they come in and they say, oh, things were better this week. Um, you know, after the last session, I'm like, oh, that's fantastic to hear. You know, you didn't get into an argument or you were able to manage your anger or you got better sleep or whatever the issue was. And so I'll break that down because in my mind, I'm thinking you did something that impacted uh, change. It caused something to be different. Let's understand what that was and how you came to that conclusion and how we can replicate that. Not, not to be super like um, CBT or extremely behaviorist about it. But as I start to break that stuff down, the other person will say, well, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of happened. Or, I don't know, I just kind of did this, and then that happened, and then voila, the change happened. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, how, how can we replicate that? Like, what, what were you thinking? I don't know. I just, I just decided or something. And I'm like, okay, that's not, that's great that it happened, but that's kind of like a magical, like, I feel in the mood to exercise today, <laughs> right? And I did. I'm like, well... You might, might not feel in the mood tomorrow or the day after, especially when you're sore. So how do we, the goal is to try to replicate those behaviors so that it becomes a consistent thing, not just a one-off. And then we need to know, like, here's exactly what I did, or here's what the chain of, of reasoning, thinking, feeling, and action that I took in order to produce that, because that's going to be my formula, so to speak, not to be overly formulaic about it, but that's going to be my, my pathway forward to change. So for people, if they don't recognize that, then it is just something that happens. And so homework, I think, helps to break down that process and help people to see step by step, what do I need to do in order to make that change? Yeah. So therapy, for as you're saying that, I think I really have always 
we did a previous episode on cognitive behavioral therapy and different, and we actually did a trilogy on that. And as you were saying that, I thought, you know, we're not really either one of us that behavioristic, you know, part of the, the entire aspect of dealing with behaviors, because it happens to be the one space that's obvious, you can see it. So like you are, there's things that you are not doing, right? The person's, what are you doing now? So when they come in in your example and they've done something different, they're like, sweet, it's different. Therapy is about trying to help the person and also the therapist trying to understand actually what's happening inside the mind that is facilitating this. Because if it's a one-off, I mean, it's, it's probably in some ways you can, you can partner with that. You can be like, well, this is why you, it sounds like you liked this. This is why you typically don't do this. So it is the juice worth the squeeze, so to speak? Are we like, is it going to be a good enough tasty lemonade when you squeeze that lemon? Or is it like one drop? And it's like, how long are you going to squeeze that to get one drop out of it? You know, type of thing. Right. So a lot of this also is trying to figure out for you from, from a therapist side, we want to help. So we're trying to figure out crafty ways that honor you that keep you going inside of a change process that you are wanting. And plus, it's cool for us because we can watch differences happen. But the truth is, we're not really satisfied with behavior change. I mean, behavior change is super low level in my mind. I'm trying to help people actually be different in who they are. I'm not, I, and I'm not sure how you look at it. But. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the terms first order change and second order change come to my mind. Those are things that we learn in graduate school that talk about First order change can be like that behavioral thing, like, oh, I did this thing differently, but inside I'm not really that different. I might be thinking, well, here's a great example. It's like the white knuckling alcoholic uh, who's, or, or the, the alcoholic who's white knuckling his sobriety, where inside he really still wants to drink. He's just not doing it. So first order change is like, I'm going to meetings. I'm not drinking. I threw out all my alcohol. Um, but inside, he's still entertaining thoughts of drinking. He's still craving it. He's still maybe fantasizing about it, um, walking down the liquor um, or the, the wine and beer aisle of the grocery store or whatever. So the first order change, there, there are some kind of immediate behavioral things that are different. But inside, like you're talking about, the person is not really that different or the deeper issues and reasons that cause that inside are not being dealt with. That's where second order change comes in. When you have the second order change, you're looking at kind of those deeper like, okay, yeah, I can see how when I think this way, it causes me to feel this way. And then I kind of impulsively act this way. And so I need to deal with those thoughts because those are kind of irrational thoughts or they're fear-based thoughts. And I'm realizing I need to be like less fearful or I need to like develop more courage within myself. I need to develop some more self-control, not just with my behaviors, but inside myself so that I'm a more calm and um, self-controlled person. That's me being a different person inside, like you're describing. Right. And I think, I think one of the things that occurs is that folks either become, like I was kind of suggesting earlier, they can become very dependent on the therapy, like the hour of therapy inside of an hour to be the actual change agent. And it, and I think it does work as a change agent, um, but I don't, it's not, we know from the research that that's not actually what changes you. It's, it's you participating in a process. And really what homework is, is trying to create a healthy process for you to participate in. Absolutely, because the behaviors themselves 
I think most of us look at like if I'm like you said earlier, if I'm doing the behavior, then I'm different. But inside, I might not realize that there's still a ton going on inside of me that needs to actually change as well. And that's where you as a therapist come in handy because I can say, look, Nate, I changed this. I did this and this. And you're like, fantastic. Are you still having these thoughts? Are you still like inside doing these things? Well, yes. And you're like, well, that's not going to be sustainable then, right? Because at a certain point, those thoughts are going to like they're a well-worn path and they've produced different behaviors before. And now they're going to now all of a sudden they're going to produce different behaviors, like new behaviors. They might for a little while, but then eventually they'll go back to your default and you'll be like, oh, I'm back to that old habit again. Why is that? It's because inside that stuff didn't change. So I need you as a therapist to reflect that stuff back to me. And and so this is why when we talk about homework, this is why therapy and another person and doing work outside of therapy is so helpful because a lot of what we're trying to do is raise your awareness on something. So we can talk about it in session and say, here's what happened during the week and let's understand this and that. But then I want to send you home with that new awareness that we've developed together that I've reflected back to you as a therapist. And I want you to go home and I want you to like look at your life through that lens with that information. We want you to start to become aware of like, yeah, what am I thinking? Okay, here's where I normally would do that behavior. But Nathan's voice is in my head and it's a little bit creepy. Um, but and by the way, we should do an episode on that. It is a little bit creepy when people are like your voice was in my head. I'm like, I'm glad. And also I'm weirded out. <laughs> I don't know how glad I am, but I understand. Yeah, right. Also, side note, it's when people say, oh, man, what you said to me last week really impacted me. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I hope that was good because I said a lot of things. <laughs> oh, um, anyway. Your voice is in my head and like, okay, this is when I would normally do that thing. I'm going to do something different. Okay, wait, what am I thinking? What am I, what's going on inside me? Without your voice in my head, without that experience in therapy to kind of raise my awareness that I need to be gaining awareness about what's going on with me right now, I would just be doing the thing. I, it's like autopilot, right? A lot of therapy is, is really helping people kind of come off autopilot and take manual control over their uh, their automobile, their their um, plane, whatever it is you're flying, to be able to know exactly. Oh, the altitude is changing, and the okay, I don't know anything else about planes. Yeah, it's crashing and burning right now. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I know altitude, and that's about it. Well, okay. So one of the things that you were saying just then had to do, obviously, with like this insightful second order change that we're all going for. One of the ways you can kind of figure this out, both as a therapist and also as a client, maybe you're enjoying your counseling, meaning like it's helpful and you've got a good match and that kind of thing. We've talked about that in previous episodes. And you're kind of in a rut. Um, as a therapist, when things are repetitive, how I know that is I start thinking about something for you to do outside. And then I realize I've already told you that. And then I think, ah. Oh, I, we, we have already been here. I've already talked about this. So then I'll go back to, to the person and kind of, we'll talk about that. And I'm not saying, by the way, I have the best ideas. And if I already told you and you're not following it, well, it's time for you to be different, baby. But what I'm doing is I realize, okay, for whatever reason, that is not landing. We're just probably going to need to get creative. But if you're a client you can also help me as a therapist know, like, and you. this is where the honesty and 
we've talked before about confronting your therapist or whatever. This is about where honesty is like just saying, yeah, that doesn't work. Because on that is the greatest thing for a therapist to hear. Because it's like, thank God, we we can figure something else out. Yes, exactly. I think I think I'm so glad you said this because people I believe are so afraid to say that because they feel like they're doing something wrong. Like, oh, you gave me this advice and it didn't work. So what's wrong with me? But in reality, we're just trying to figure out: is this going to work? Is that going to work? We think we're taking educated guesses on things that might be beneficial for you. But when you as a client can come back with, no, it didn't work for me, we can ask, okay, let's unpack that. Why didn't that work? What, like, did that hit a nerve with you? Or was that just like, like, for example, with journaling, we talked about that earlier. I remember um, one client I had, she was a, a, a young 20 something woman. And we would talk about um, writing, journaling, and she just would never do it. But she would always bring in like, oh, I'm working on this art piece or I'm drawing this. And I thought to myself, oh, that's maybe why journaling doesn't work for you, because that's a a form of writing uh, creativity through writing when her creativity was through artistry, through visual stuff. And so I asked her about that. And she's like, yeah, like, I mean, I write sometimes, but my mind just doesn't work that way. It thinks in pictures. And so I was like, "Okay, let's try a different kind of homework. I want you to draw something like draw how you feel or this situation was ha- uh, happening at home draw the different people like give them characters so draw a scene for me that depicts what was happening when you know whatever traumatic thing was going on and so she would came back the next week of course like full of excitement with an incredible picture that i was like okay we're on to something here uh, because this is something you already enjoy doing and it helped you to connect with what was going on and to express it in a way that works for you. And so sometimes the homework process and the negotiation with the client is about figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. I think, I think as you were saying that, like not to open up a can here, but we, I think we need to speak to this is the, there are certain issues when around depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, stuff like that, that there's kind of a classic thing that you have to start doing and that's eating right very carefully sometimes and exercise. I mean, we know statistically that there's about 70% of people on antidepressants could not actually could, they could drop off and not do it if they just had consistent exercise and diet, but that is the most difficult thing. And that's a homework thing. So I think sometimes spending time on trying to understand what is keeping somebody from doing that type of a homework is is a kind of a different animal. Um, but the other thing I like to do is be very different than what a person's normal would be. Like you're talking about partnering with what's going on that they're good at, which I to- I totally agree with. Sometimes with folks, it's going to what they would have never ever in their life done. So like, it, for example, writing out, thinking of a time that was very difficult for you, and writing with your non dominant hand writing the story out with your non-dominant hand. We're Nathan playing. likes to punish his clients. <laughs> yeah, <yes>. No, but, <laughs> well, kind of there's a little bit of, it's just not good there. But no, but what it does is it, those are like brain tricks because there's different parts of your brain that have, that quite frankly, have different access. And so it can be pretty surprising how well that stuff works. Right. I love that. That's a great reminder that Sometimes it, like what you said earlier, I'm doing things the same way and it's just not working. Sometimes we need to do things a different way and it's going to be uncomfortable for us. And maybe that is actually exactly what we need. Like 
if I'm saying, you know, I, we're just sort of harping on journaling, maybe, maybe we'll do another episode on journaling to redeem it. <laughs> I don't know what we'll talk about, but I feel like journaling's feelings are hurt by this episode. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not doing journaling episodes. Doing. <laughs> uh, we'll write about it. Um, but something like that, like maybe, maybe you need to actually sit down and write out what you're thinking, what you're feeling, because you're so busy reacting that you don't take time to slow down and introspect to determine what what's going on inside. So maybe something like that where you're like, oh, I never journal. Maybe you actually need to. Um, or like you're saying, maybe I need to do things in a different way to access a different part of my brain. So all of that, all that's to say as we close up the episode here is that um, homework, homework is meant to be an extension of therapy. You know, if you think about it just in terms of time, you are living your life doing things like however many hundreds of hours during the week and you come to therapy one hour a week, maybe two if you've got a lot going on and you need the extra support. But if you're doing homework, then it's extending that to like two, three, four or more hours a week in a given week that you can use to affect change to, to make progress towards your goals. We're really trying to move you in that direction because, again, we're here to help and we want to help you to see those outcomes. Yeah, and I guess I will pop one thing for the journal thing as we close up. Um, I've never, ever had anybody regret it. They always end up liking it. And partly because you are more interesting than you think you are. And to be able to track like different things of like, oh, I didn't realize that was so hard back then. That one is one that I hear all the time. Somebody will go back and look at a journal that they wrote that they wish they would have kept doing. And they'll be like, wow, that was, that was incredible. I didn't, it was way harder than I thought. And that's something that, that can be really helpful for you moving forward. But we hope that this was helpful for both therapist and client. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.